just thankful, you know, for being a mom, being a daughter. And I don't think my husband prayed for all the women, did he? He forgot his assignment. And he told me this morning when he left my office, you better get it all together. And out the door he went. And so, well, when he gets back, we'll remind him of that. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, all the moms stand up in the building. All those special ladies. Yep. There they are. Give them a hand. Yep. Nobody like a mom. I've got my mom right here. And I believe that um, how many of you are thankful even for the good, the bad, and the ugly? <laughs> being a mom, being a daughter, or whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus, that we're still standing. I said, would you play that for the offering? Because that's the theme song of every mom in the congregation. I'm still standing. Look at me. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for my mom. This is my mom. And uh, thank God, you know, my mom's now going to be how old? I'll, <laughs> I'll be 91 in July. Woo! <laughs> She admits it now. When I had my first son, John, she said, call me Lou. <laughs> to him when he started talking, this is Lou, 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 Lou. <laughs> thank God for moms. Father, I thank you for every mom. If you're standing by one, would you put your hand on them? Even if they're not your mom, just put your hand on them. Let's all believe today. Father, we thank you for the moms of this congregation. No matter what's happening in their situation, Lord, we just lift them up today. And we thank you that they are special. They're made by heaven you made them god you created them and from their mother's womb they came forth for a purpose and a destiny and we say that every one of them today standing in this congregation as a daughter as a mom that they will complete their divine destiny and they will complete it in power and in might in jesus name and no weapon no weapon of sickness or disease can harm them i thank you lord for those that are standing today that maybe their mother's in heaven i pray for them today that they just remember and rejoice over the good things that they've provided for them over the years in jesus name and that we have no lack we have no lack because we have a good god and as we serve him as women in this earth that we are more than conquerors through jesus christ in jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. hallelujah you can be seated praise the lord thank you for all the moms everybody's a daughter how many of you know that in this room so everybody <laughs> you're a daughter or a mother you're one or the other and uh, when we used to have the mother daughter banquets i'd say that includes everybody this isn't just for a mom and her daughter because you're either a daughter or you're a mother or you wouldn't be here right now unless you've just come right out of heaven and we want to know about it praise <laughs> the lord because we got some questions uh, no today i'm going to preach a message on mom on the wall how many of you know mom on the wall <laughs> You know, there's, we're supposed to be a watchman on the wall for our family, for our friends. Uh, if you're not married here today, this message is not for a married person. It's a message for women. Uh, we didn't have a women's meeting this year, so men, you're just going to have to suffer through today because I'm going to share with the women. But I believe that uh, as you hear this message, you can be an encouragement to whoever the women are around you. And uh, yes, we are peculiar. But we're supposed to be. God said that we'd be a peculiar people. And yes, we're made differently and we have different situations and circumstances that maybe a man doesn't have. But we're all created by God. We're all created with purpose and a destiny. And there is no, in the spirit, there is no difference between male and female. It's mankind, which includes male and female. And uh, today I'm specifically going to speak 
to the ladies of the church because I believe we're here in the earth at a very critical time for the destiny of women. I believe that we've gone from women having no rights and still in many nations today they have no rights uh, to uh, suffrage, you know, the time where women began to get a voice in the United States, could vote and things like that. We swung all the way to the women's lib side where, you know, I am woman, I am mighty. Uh, we, as, as natural people, male or female, we have no power except for the grace of God. Amen? And he empowered all of us. And so I feel like the, the, the women that are going to rise up in these last days are going to be women of faith, women who know their Lord, women who do have authority and dominion. But, as my husband says, they walk softly, but they carry a big stick. Amen? And uh, what is that big stick? It's the power of the Word of God over situations. And uh, I think of you, Tammy, are you still working with children in the county? Uh, you know, how many of you know our children in the, in the earth today are endangered? They are endangered because the spirit of the Antichrist is active in the earth. And uh, it's affecting parenting. It's affecting nations. It's affecting everything in the earth because the the devil wants to destroy the generations that are coming and so he goes for the weakest and that happens to be the smallest and the youngest of the population and so us in the earth male and female man and wife woman uh single married whatever we have a responsibility to guard over the creation of god in the earth especially what's coming behind us and i i read in john maxwell's bible uh his leadership bible where he comments on things. He said the, the, greatest, uh, the greatest disaster is when you leave no successor that can carry on what you have done. And we're all supposed to go from glory to glory. Everybody say glory to glory. And so in this church, I believe we have mighty women in this church. And a mighty woman is a woman who understands who her source is. And uh, I want to share a little bit about that today. And from Proverbs 31, I'm not going to do the whole... Uh, teaching on proverbs but especially the scripture i felt like god gave me this one to start proverbs thirty-one twenty-six. and if you'd put that up for me jessica she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness and so let's just pray right now father i thank you for every woman here every man here every young person in this room that's just maybe even in this room today because they're with their parents i thank you lord that this word will go in us it will bear fruit and that you have created us in this earth today the man has a role the woman has a role children have a role and we thank you father when everybody gets in position that there is victory in their life so we thank you today for this word in jesus name and everybody said amen now um i i felt to start with this scripture because i believe a woman of wisdom with a tongue of kindness is an unbeatable power in the earth today. Uh, sometimes I, I see women uh, arguing their place and, and their tongue has nothing of kindness in it. You know, you don't have to be loud and you don't have to be angry to have power. Uh, it's who you know that gives you the power to do what God's called you to do. And, and we can be kind because Jesus, it says we sang it. Uh, because of your goodness, because of your kindness, because of your love, all those attributes. So I believe that the force of, of a woman in our nation today is not about how angry we get or how loud we get. It's how, how much we believe in the God who created us and the authority that's been given to us in the earth to see things accomplished. And we are, uh, we are responsible, I believe, in the earth 
for birthing things. Everybody say birthing. Now all of you women that are here that have had children know what that is. You know, for nine months, it, you know, you're the only one that is enduring what's about to happen. And uh, my husband often tells me, and he has since, since we started the church, I, I do believe you hear quicker than me, and I do believe God tells you things on purpose for you to pray and stand in the gap to see that those things get accomplished. And I, I believe that for any position that we're in, wife, friend, uh, daughter, whatever position we're in, we have a responsibility for standing in the gap, being that watchman on the wall. And God will tell us things. Uh, it, but we have to be able to open our mouth with wisdom and have on our tongue the law of kindness in order to be entrusted with some of the things that God wants to tell us. And so today I'm going to share with you four things that I believe God showed me. A wise woman, a foolish woman, a holy woman, and a blessed woman. And uh, we'll be three of the four, okay? We're, we're not going to be that foolish one. But I think we have to be aware that it's possible to be foolish and the destruction that it causes. So in Proverbs 21, 23, this is for all of us. It, it says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue, everybody say mouth, mouth. and tongue, keeps his soul from troubles. And I don't know about you, but I have been in trouble many times over my mouth and my tongue. And uh, I told my mom, I've apologized to her, but uh, when I was a young, in especially junior high school, I was pretty rebellious to my mom. And uh, my mom had a baby when I was 16. And, of course, I thought I was in totally in charge of everything by then. By 16, I knew everything. And uh, so, but in my teenage years, uh, my mother would discipline us, and we, we would have to go to our room. And, uh, and so one time, mother sent me to my room, and I perched myself on about the third step of the staircase. And I began to chant, Mary and Lou, I hate you, Mary and Lou. That was my chant, wasn't it? And I don't know how she did it all in one motion. She opened the door, pow, and down in the bottom of the staircase I fell. And that was the end of that. Shut the door. There I am. Well, you know what I did? I climbed up higher and started again. Everybody's saying, wrong. <laughs> so she's still standing, and she's 91. Somewhere along the way, she became a woman on the wall. For all of us, I believe that. And, and we have to make a decision that we're not going to be moved by anything that we see, whether, whether it's in a relationship, in a husband, children, uh, the people we work with, the boss at work, uh, male or female. Uh, no matter what position we're in, we are women of wisdom, and on our tongue is the law of kindness. And, and that makes us a wise woman. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am a wise woman. A wise woman. Now, I want to read you a story uh, out of the Bible this morning <laughs> in 1 Samuel, and it's in chapter 25. Of course, I'm in, in my Bible reading, reading through the uh, Bible this year. I just encourage all of you to get on some kind of a reading schedule of the Word of God. You don't have to do the full Bible. I didn't do that in the beginning either, but over the last probably 12, 13 years, I read through the Bible every year, and I find new things all the time. And I read different translations. And, um, you know, God uses the word to quicken me to truth. And I was reading about the story of a lady named Abigail. And uh, she was the wife of a, of a guy named Nabal, who his name, his name means fool. And uh, he lived up to his name. And uh, this is not a message to bash men. I don't even like to 
always talk about those situations, but I use this as this example, not about what he did, but about what she did, okay? So let's keep our focus on Abigail. And uh, the name, uh, she, it says, there was a man in Moen whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. And the man, the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding. Everybody say good understanding. And beautiful in appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. And so it goes on to say that um, David and his men uh, had, had had an opportunity to work together with Nabal's men. And uh, David was in a position where he had a need. So he sent his men to Nabal and, and was asking for provision. So in verse uh, 9, it says, So when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all the words that David had said. And they waited, and Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each from his own master. Shall then I take my bread, my water, my meat that I've killed for my shears, and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back and told David. And David said to his men, every man put on your sword. So every man girded with his sword. And David also got his sword on. And, and they, they are going to go to war with Nabal and all of his, his people. And so there's a lot more at stake here than just the fool. There's all of the people that will be subjected to his decision. And, and then there's Abigail, his wife. And these are our characters. So it says, now one of the young men told Abigail saying, look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. He, he, was, he was not kind to them. He rejected them. But the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. They were a wall. Everybody say a wall to us, both night and day. So, you know, they were a protection all the time we were with them to keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, no one consider what you will do for harm is determined against our master and against all his household. Everybody say all his household. Now, this is important because one person can be ugly. And because of that one person's uh, attitude or situation, then everybody's in jeopardy. Not just that person, but everybody. And, And so it says he's a scoundrel. Uh, that one cannot speak to him. He's such, he's such a scoundrel that nobody can talk to him. So Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sets of, of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Now, ladies, that is not a snack. <laughs> I mean, she prepared a feast for all these people and put it all on donkeys. How many of you today are going to go home and prepare a meal, get it on donkeys and go somewhere for something that's not even your fault. However, everybody say, however, your life is in jeopardy because of the fool. Okay? And, and it may not be, I'm not saying it's, it's a husband. It can be anything. How many of you know people act foolish sometimes and cause a position, put us in a position where we're, we're have to, we have to do something? She did. And she said to her servants, go before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell Nabal. That's amazing. He caused all that problem. She was told what he did. And she didn't even talk to him about it. How many of you would be wanting to just say some little thing? Like, what were you thinking or something? 
but she never even opened her mouth. And so she goes to David under, it says uh, down under cover of the hill. And she got to David and David said, surely in vain, I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him. He, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David. If I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Now we have David mad at Nabal and Nabal not wanting to do anything for David. And here comes Abigail to fix the situation. And she comes and she says, now when Dave, Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from her donkey and fell on her face before David and bound down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, oh me, my Lord, on, on me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. Now that's a, that's a, a wise woman. On me, let me take the brunt of everything that has been done to you by my husband, Nabal. Uh, why would she feel like she has to do that? Because she is a wise woman. She is a wise woman. And on her lips are the law of kindness. And she goes on and says, uh, please, please now, my Lord, regard this scoundrel Nabal. As she did talk about her husband just for a second there. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is in him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm from my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow you. She brings food for everybody to make up for what her husband had done in rejecting David after David had protected and taken care of this man's servants in the fields and, and made a way for them. And so she's the one who gets in that position. She goes on and asks him to please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. You know, what, what did she even do wrong? But she was willing to lay down her life because she saw more than just what was her life. She saw his life, her husband's life, and the household. Everybody say the household. You know, sometimes uh, in, in counseling women, uh, oftentimes I, I believe that, and not just women, but it's easy to look at the blame that other people have and feel like nothing can be done about it. But the Bible is clear that when we put our confidence in God, something can be done about any situation that we face and that we don't have to blame somebody else for our situation. But as women, we can take our stand, do what God tells us to do, and God will vindicate us in that situation. Uh, it, it goes on to say she told him about, you know, the fact that he was a mighty man, that he was going to win battles. And she basically said, you do not want to shed blood over this guy because it will really weaken you. And, and he says back to her, after it's over, David says to Abigail, blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me, and blessed is your advice. Everybody say, your advice. In other words, he was a man of war. He could have not even acknowledged her, but he said, blessed is your advice, and blessed are you because you have kept this day from coming to bloodshed and avenging myself with my own hand. And he goes on down in verse 35. He says, see, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Now, the end of that story is she went back. Nabal was sick. He ended up dying and she ended up his wife. So there you go. For all you singles that want a man, this is what you do. 
you get your donkey, you make a bunch of food, you go and press him with your advice, and then eventually you're going to get to marry him. How, how, that's pretty good, amen? Uh, because, you know, it, it, you're always looking for that right man, amen? Hallelujah. Everybody say the foolish woman. Now, the foolish woman, uh, and this concerns me because it's in 2 Timothy 3. And that's always bothered me when I read 2 Timothy 3 because it says in the last days. Are we in the last days? Uh, years ago, I can't even tell you when it was. I went to Michigan. I was, we were just barely here in the ministry. So probably 25, it'll be 25 years in July we started the church. So it was probably that long ago. It was, I mean, I was just really new, and they invited me to come speak. And there was this seasoned woman there. I mean, she was strong. And I learned a lot from just being there. I think that's why God sent me not to talk but to listen. How many of you know God does that sometimes? And she made this comment, and it just it went into my brain and stuck because it was the Spirit of God. In the last days, she said, you will not be able to find a stable woman. Everybody say, I rebuke that. Now, and, and so I, I share this message today because I believe that women are in jeopardy in our nation. Uh, one of women's greatest needs, if not the greatest, is security. Everybody say security. And that's why a lot of young girls get married because they think, you know, I just got to find the right guy because then I will You have somebody and everything will be all right. How many of you that are married know that that's, that's not sound advice? Uh, you know, it, it's not wisdom. Why? Because when you get married, then you join up with someone, and the two of you together have to forge through things that you cannot afford to be weak. You already have to be strong. It isn't about what you're going to receive. It's about what you're going to give. I didn't get a lot of amens, but it's the truth, let me tell you. I've been married 33 years on Tuesday to Wonder Man here, and it's about, <laughs> it's about what you got to give because, uh, you know, when we got married, the Lord said to us, this marriage is not about you. It's about who you're going to go to. And there will be a day where this marriage will be a light to what is happening in this nation. 25, 33 years ago, it didn't look like it does today. But today, I will stand up and say, women, we got to get a grip here. We are not weak. We are not needy. Everybody say needy. needy. And the Lord told me to pray in this message for needy women. Needy women are subject to exactly what I'm going to share with you right here in 2 Timothy. Turn your neighbor and say, I am not needy. I am not needy. We, uh, you know, now, truly, I was a single mom for several years. And, uh, and my son, John, he used to say to me all the time, Mother, you need to talk to those girls that are single <laughs> and let them know that are moms, single moms, and let them know that they can do this. They can do this, and if they don't get a better attitude about that, they are going to be snarfed up by the enemy. He didn't use that word, but I am. They will be eaten up by the devil because they are prey. Everybody say prey. They are right there for the devil to grab. And it says in 2 Timothy 3, of course, this is perilous times. It talks about men become lovers of themselves and money and boasters and proud. And that's not just men. That's women and men. Unloving, unforgiving, a whole bunch of stuff. But the bottom line is lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And then it says they have a form of godliness, deny the power. And it says get, get away from those people. Then it says these kind of people... They, of this sort, are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Now, I'm just going to tell you what the Lord showed me when I read that. That's watching soap operas all afternoon and believing that's your life. I'll just go back to preaching now, but that's what I heard. 
soap operas are not a picture of God's kingdom. Now, if you want to watch them, that's your decision. But you might want to ask God because they put in the heart of women the wrong idea of anything that is of God. Okay? And so that's what I heard. It doesn't creep in like a man's going to come to your house and knock on your door. Most of you would have sense not to let him in. But through the things that you see and the things you accept as truth, those are the things that bring in this weapon that the enemy has formed against women. Why does he hate women? He hated Eve. Did he go to Adam first? No, he went to Eve. Why? Because she gives birth to things. Because she gives birth to things. Everybody say she gives birth. And when you are a person who gives birth, then you get ready. You know, if you haven't had a baby yet, the other side of this is wonderful. But that labor room and delivery, praise Jesus. You can do it, Sarah. You can do it. Hallelujah. But, but I want to tell you, today they have miracle drugs. But when I had children, they didn't have miracle drugs. Hallelujah. I won't even go into that. My children should rejoice that I went along with that process. So, you know, God is, God is calling on women in this hour to begin to birth the things that he wants over their children, over other people's children. You know, I think of you, Tammy, you have a wonderful opportunity. Those are other people's children. But what you say over them, you have them longer than their moms. Lots of days. What we see in the earth today is an absolute harvest field for the women of this earth to take charge of and begin to bring about what God wants to see. And we're not going to be gullible. Everybody say not gullible. Because, um, you know, I, I never like that. I never like that word. Gullible means quick to believe something that's not true. Exploitable. And that's what's happened to women in the earth. Proverbs 14.1 says, A foolish woman tears down her own house with her own hands. Now, you know, I have to confess, I did that. So I believe that. I've been on the other side of this. I know what it's like to be on that side and to be on this side. And on this side, there is power. With Jesus, all things are possible, no matter what your situation today, married or single. And uh, it says, a foolish woman is boisterous, it says in Proverbs 9.13. And the, the definition of that is noisily insistent. Turn to your neighbor and say, that is not me. And you men turn to your wife and say, I know that's not you, honey. If she's here today, you better tell her fast. Hallelujah. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. You know, one time I shared in a ladies' meeting, and um, it was a message. And I, and I found this scripture. It's in Proverbs, Proverbs 11.22. And uh, in the King James, it, 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 it's, it's a good scripture. I, I got a pig, a nice, pretty little pink pig, stuffed pig. And, and then I, I put dirt all over it. I went out and rubbed it in the dirt. And then I put a gold snout, a gold ring in its, right here in its nose. Because this scripture says, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't lack anything. But I love the message Bible. The message Bible, did you, did you get it? Okay. Could you put that one up? Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful face on an empty head. <laughs> and I'm the woman preaching, but I know that's true. How many of you know that's true? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know there's stuff in your head. <laughs> and, you know, God, God wants women to be who he's called them to be. It said Abigail was an understanding woman, and she was beautiful. I don't believe beautiful is what we denote as beautiful. I believe that, that when you have a beautiful heart, it shows on your face. 
just shows on your face. It doesn't matter. You know, I've known people who have been burned and, and had situations where they've got scars. But I'm telling you, a beautiful heart produces a beautiful face. And we need to be who God called us to be. Amen? It's not based on the world system of beauty. Now, third is a holy woman. Everybody say holy woman. Now, this one you can be. Foolish, mark that out. Put it down and say, I'm not that, and we'll move on. You're a wise woman, a holy woman. Now, this one I learned when I was a single person uh, with all my children and uh, had one of my, you know, regular pity parties about how hard it was and how much I didn't have money and things I couldn't do. I'm sure none of you have ever done this, but that's what I did. And, uh, and, and the Lord spoke to me out of uh, 1 Peter 3. And it, it says in 1 Peter 3, 5, For in this manner in former times the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. Everybody say, adorn themselves. Now, ladies, now let me finish this before you panic. Being submissive to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter you are, if you do good and are not terrified with any afraid of any terror and the, the translation I had at that time said and are not hysterically fearful uh, that grabbed right a hold of me because that's what I was hysterically fearful so I knew oh you know I get this this must be the Lord for me and and what the Lord began to teach me was he said I will be your husband Isaiah 54 says the Lord your maker is your husband and he said learn to be submissive to me, submit to me, and then you'll never have a problem again. You know, submission has been just boiled up in in relationships, especially male female, because of the word that says submit. You know, in in, J, in Ephesians five. But right before you get into that chapter about wives submit, it says submit one to another. But you know, the word submit is not bad because the Bible says in James, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee and so the lord said to me just learn to submit to me and then you'll be all right no matter what happens in your life and i believe that's true because i learned to do whatever god told me to do even if it was hard turn your name and say even if it's hard and i had to do what what god told me to do and so uh, especially he reminded me that abraham gave his wife away twice you know pastor bill's never tried to give me away i know he's thought about it a few times but um, but he's never actually done it you know and if you see it on Facebook it's not true he's not gonna give me away um, but you know it, it how many of you know you'd like to give away you've wanted to give away maybe somebody let's just say somebody <laughs> maybe it was a child maybe you know whatever but but all of us have that opportunity where we want to get a, get something away from us that is harming us. But when you learn to submit to God, every other situation is easy. But if you have never learned to submit to the Lord, and so when he gave me that scripture in Isaiah 54, he said, I, it says, I have forsaken you for a while, but now I'm here and I'm going to take care of you. You know, when I walked away and did all those things I did and ended up divorced, God didn't forsake me. I, fors I forsook God. I didn't even really know him that well to have a relationship. But as soon as I grabbed onto him, he became that role in my house. And he would help me with my children. And uh, you talk about a, a woman on the wall. How many have ever heard of the fly on the wall? I'd like to be a fly on the wall or I'd like to be a mouse in that situation. God showed me things about my children. I mean, they used to say, would you not pray? Would you just stop praying about this? Because God would tell me things about them and what they were doing, and it would upset them. But that's what my job is, to protect. Amen? 
and uh, and so when you're obeying God, when you submit to God, He will tell you that He can trust you with things that you can do something about without ever addressing the person. You just know where you, you hone in on what God says, and that's what you go after. And if you have children today that aren't walking where they should, I'm telling you, I promise you, get the word and start speaking what God says about them, not what you see, what God says, and don't ever let go of that plan. Do not, no matter what choice they make, stay on that. That is a mom. That is a mom on the wall. And that is a holy woman, because regardless of what happens, you know, I would have said to Abraham, bug off, buddy. One time is plenty. Two times is really crazy. And he had a son who did the same thing. He had a son that did, pulled the same trick. And so, you know, what he did, Isaac tried to give away Rebecca once. And, and because he didn't want to get killed himself. How, how selfish is that? But, but she, she stayed with it. Did I go to preaching? I'm sorry. But, you know, we have to be strong. Turn your neighbor and say, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, you know, I, I didn't used to be strong. I didn't have a lot of courage. Uh, my sufficiency came from people telling me what I could do good and what I couldn't. That is not a holy woman. That is not a holy woman. And the Lord just showed me in John. Jesus was in this situation, and, um, and the, the people began to, to kind of praise him, I think, and say, oh, yeah, you really are something. You really are, you know, we're really impressed by all your miracles or whatever. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing right now. But it's in two. He says, now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. In other words, he wasn't, his identity was not in who people said he was. And in, in uh, this commentary I was reading recently, it said he was so confident in who his father had made him that he didn't have to have what people said be what reinforced who he was. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Especially for women in the day we're living in. We are holy women. Number four, blessed woman. Everybody say, blessed woman. Now, we've had wise, foolish, holy if you're a wise, holy woman, you're just going to be blessed. It, it says in Proverbs 31, uh, the way she lived her life, because it lists all the things she did, and then it begins to say, and she was blessed. If you could put that up, uh, 31, 28 through 31. The way she lived her life, the Lord told me, caused her to be blessed. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. And then it goes on. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. And the very end of this, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And then the very end of it says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Bottom line, when you go to heaven, it's going to be well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's going to be what you did that is praise not what somebody else helped you do not what somebody else did not what they didn't do it's going to be about you it's going to be about me and i believe we're living in a generation where we can really affect women today you know uh, my granddaughter at the end of the service i have one more scripture and then i'll close she uh, my my grandchildren are uh, uh lori's these are my young my youngest daughter she her children and she has a senior and high school girl getting ready to graduate. And then she has these two boys. And they are, they are like twins a few months apart, you know. And, and they're about 18 months apart. And they cannot find anything they agree on right now. 
because they're in sixth and eighth grade. And so, you know, they're just really trying to figure out who they are. That's the age where they come to you when they get in trouble, but otherwise they think they're brilliant. And so, you know, they want you to be mom sometimes, but then the rest of the time they already know, you know. Well, here comes my granddaughter, and uh, Betty was standing there. She comes running over to me. Carter's in the front seat, and he won't get out. And, and so I locked him in the car, and uh, she can't lock him in the car. All he's got to do is push a button and get out. But anyway, uh, he, he's in the car, and he won't get out of the front seat because he says Jack scared him, and it was Jack's turn to ride in the front seat, and now I can't go anywhere because he won't get out. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? She said, well, come f- do something. So out in the parking lot, I go, well, by now, Dan and Pastor Dan and Kelly are back there. And they said, oh, we're going to watch this. And uh, I thought, well, I get to practice my message. So I go out there and Carter looks up and it's me and he goes, hi. I go out of the car. So he gets out. And uh, I said, he said, he scared me. I'm not letting him ride in the seat. I said, I'll tell you what. Beat the heck out of him when you get home. But right now, get in the back seat because you got to go home and your sister's ready to go. He gets his stuff, gets in the back seat. Everybody gets in. They go home. Dan and Kelly were out there laughing. Now, I probably shouldn't have said beat him up when you get home, but I really don't care what they do after they get home. They got parents. Right now, I'm only responsible to get somebody out of the front and into the back so the car can go. Hallelujah. I do not take credit for what happens after they get to their house. Hallelujah. They were all smiling when they pulled away, so that's all I care about. And they said they'd see me at Don Pablo's in a little bit. Hallelujah. So I'm sure I'll get the word on that, but I don't know what happens when they get home. I'm only responsible when they're with me. That's a good grandma thing, you know. That's, that's why we're grandmas. We take them home when, it, when we get to that other part. Okay, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. This is what it says, and I say this to all the ladies in this church. Watch. Stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. Now, you know, this is Paul's final exhortation to the church at Corinth. But I say that to the women of this church. Everybody say, watch. If you will keep your spiritual eyes open, God will show you things. If you're not going to become hysterically fearful and scare everybody else. Amen? I used to do that. You know, I I could yell louder than anybody in my house at my kids. And then I married Pastor Bill. And I would just be screaming like a crazy woman. And nothing, the boys would just be sometimes laughing. And he would come in and say, boys, everybody shut up, sit down, do what they're supposed to do. And I thought, well, Lord, why is that? I mean, you know, know, he's not really even their real dad. I'm their real mom. I mean, after all. And he said, because he walks in authority, all you do is scream. (laughs) Well, I had to learn from that. How many know the Lord will help you? He'll correct you. And and I began to learn that I didn't didn't express authority because I was just trying to make them do something. But I wasn't walking in the authority that God had given me in that situation. We are women of authority, and we're called to watch. And secondly, stand fast in faith. Not by what we see, but by what God sees. And speaking and declaring what God sees. Be brave. Everybody say, be brave. I'm telling you, there have been some instances in my parenting days and in all my life where I was scared. When I graduated high school, I went to Indianapolis to go to school. And my mother said, you'll be killed if you're out after dark. Didn't you, Mom? (laughs) Well, that scared the life out of me. 
I was 18. And she gave me a car and sent me down there and said, do not go out after dark. And I lived in this little room in a lady's house. And I did not go out after. I mean, I thought if I don't get home, I'm going to be dead. You know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, because Indianapolis, I was pretty close to an area that wasn't really, I mean, there were some things that would happen where I went to school. And so she'd say, you get back to that place. I never even saw a mall till about the time I got done because I was too afraid to go anywhere in, a, in the car after dark. I never went after dark. You know, we face things in our life we have to overcome. But with Jesus, everybody say with Jesus, there is no fear. We are brave wherever God tells us to be. Now, if you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, then you need to be fearful because the enemy is right there waiting to take away your rights from you. But if you're doing what God said, be brave. And lastly, be strong. Do not, do not cower. You know, the Lord told me the other day in the park, do not flinch. Don't flinch. Don't flinch. Well, that's hard to do sometimes. Especially when it's people, you know, and they're saying things or somebody says something you really care about and you, you don't want to flinch because it's not people we fight. It says in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might for your fight is not with people. It's with powers and principalities that exalt themselves against the true knowledge of God in order to make you fearful so you will bow down to that spirit. Everybody say, I'm strong. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.